millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No, good on you. Okay, recording now. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello, my name's Lonnie. I'm here with Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? Yeah, pretty good. You're very excitable today, aren't you? It's oh going to be a great episode. I can just tell. Okay, all right. Well, do you want me to tell you what the podcast is normally about? Um, yes. Okay. Well, it's normally about you and me, two mates, taking each other on a journey each week. It could be about anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between. That's right, Dylan. And who's in charge of today's journey? You. You're, you're driving the train. <laughs> Whether we arrive at the station or at the bottom of a cliff, we'll see. Well, it's up to me. Yes, I've I've got the bloody station master's hat on today. You're the <laughs> one who's shoveling coal into the to the fire. I'm a slave here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm paying Are you. you paying me? I'm paying okay. you. Okay. Right. I'm paying you on a great story. Now, Dylan, it's a bit of a classic episode today. It's one of these classic I Miss You Man episodes where... We dip into a quirky television show and try to make sense of it. I was thinking back, we've done this a few times. We've done it for Louis Theroux. We did House Hunters. House Hunters. Uh, 30 Rock with our special guest that time. Sure. Power Rangers. Like wrestling. We've, we've tried to try and tackle wrestling in a few different ways. Yeah. Dylan, what are we dipping into today? I have no idea. Well, I do. Because you maybe watch some episodes, but I still don't know how this exists. Uh, it's a show called Mystery Diners. Mystery Diners. Can you Why? Us- <laughs> no, explain yourself first, explain- thank you. What? What? In what way? Why this show? Why? Why have you chosen this? Why does this show exist? I want all the answers, thank you. It's it's bizarre. I'll do what I can, Dylan. Can can you give us a quick rundown, just like very broadly, what Mystery Diners is about? I mean, it's it's about this guy. It's his name, Charles Styles. I mm-hmm. think it was. Yeah, that's the name. And he helps like restaurant owners with problems by having like people undercover and conducting like private investigations on uh, shenanigans that are going on at their restaurants. Basically, that is a very good description of the show, Dylan. And okay. that that's one layer. But the second layer of why does it exist is something we're still probably going to grapple with across today's episode. Um, why this show today? Why did I choose this? I guess I stumbled across it back in the day, just on TV. A bit like House Hunters, just, you know, I happened to watch it. And like, I never sat down and, like, decided to watch it. It just sort of happened. I was enthralled, though, from the very beginning, Dylan. I just really, something about it. I think I probably caught, like, half an episode or something. Just like, what is going on here? It is so, like, it's a reality TV show, we should point out. The term reality there, it, it's always... Massive quotes. Yeah. Totally. Let's put three quotes around that, <laughs> I think. The, the idea of reality TV capturing reality, of course, is contested and we'll know it's constructed and whatever. But for this one, they don't even try, do they? Really? No, it's blatantly obvious that it is a work of fiction it's it's weird it's not good really in any sense of quality not at all but it's watchable only to see where the insanity leads yes (laughs) i think like there's the level of of watching it for as you're saying the construction element to like just see what they're doing here and what they're What's all, what are they up to this time? What's Charles sort of got himself doing? Because a lot of it is the same every episode, but it is like the, the different affectations on each episode. For me, it's a little bit like House Hunters in that sense because we, we've kind of we've come to the understanding that House Hunters is made up to a certain degree, mm-hmm. constructed. 
they've generally got the house already and they're looking at other places just for the show. This one, I think, is a, the further step because you think nearly everything is probably constructed and made up in this <laughs> Mystery Diners yeah. premise. I mean, I'm sure his name's actually Charles Stiles. I'm mm-hmm. sure those are actually the restaurant owners that own the restaurants. Everything else? I, I think everything else is uh, is made up. Yeah. Glorified, if you will. I like seeing different parts of America, though, and the cool restaurants. They're generally you know, something a bit quirky, but individual. That's kind of cool to me. I guess, sure. Why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm not huge into, like, fine dining or restaurant shows in general, but something about this, they begin to see different places. I don't mind that. One other it's thing. Also, um, you know what I'd say? Mm-hmm. I think it is the room of reality television. You reckon? It's a big claim. I think so. I think so. The acting is abhorrent. It's terrible. <laughs> I've got some quotes in a moment about that. It's okay. like uh, the one last element I think is is quite interesting and makes it an easy watch is that they pretty much tell you everything that happens. Like something really clearly, obviously happens on the screen, and then Charles tells you again. It's like a guy he's stolen the money after we've just seen the guy put his hand into the till and take yeah. the money and put it in his jacket. You know. Well- well, he doesn't tell us. He tells the restaurant owner who's also watching the things unfold. And then the restaurant owner says something like, he is. He stole the money. That's he, not he, on. <laughs> he did steal that money. I completely agree, Charles. Not it's, on. It really is. You don't have to watch it. It just, they just tell it. They transmit every single thing that happens right into your brain. There's no, <laughs> no sense of having to put two and two together. It is all just given to you. No, if there's any... If there's any show you could watch in the background while you're doing other shit, it's this one. I wouldn't suggest that, though. I reckon you need to watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how I feel at every TV show. Uh, we've mentioned the great man, Charles Stiles. What are your thoughts on, on him? I mean, he's fine. He's just... just <laughs> he's very he, inoffensive and just there. Yeah, I mean... How has he not gotten better at acting after 11 seasons of this show? <laughs> Can I say that? I, I say inoffensive. He's a bit offensive to the to the guests and to the, the people who've been wronged here, or to, to he people tells, who've done the wronging. He tells it like it is, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. He's a bloody realist, this Charles Stiles. He's inoffensive in the sense of he's a blank slate. You really know much about him apart yeah. from he's just really interested in helping restaurant owners. Right, he just really wants to help restaurant owners. Yeah, yeah. He's got a strong sense of of moral justice. This Charles Stiles. <laughs> uh, so there's a guy called James Hennessy. He's an Australian writer. Um, writes about tech and politics and culture and internet stuff. Mm. He wrote a tribute to Mystery Diners, uh, which I'll include in the show notes. But I just wanted to give you a few points, Dylan, because I think you'll appreciate them. Contemplate this scenario: you're a restaurant owner. And you suspect that your kitchen staff are, through a labyrinthine system involving a number of players and intermediaries, defrauding your company of thousands of dollars. What do you do? Do you confront your employee, as a responsible manager might? Call the police? No. What you do is call television's least charismatic host and invite him to set up an unfathomably stupid sting on your premises to catch them in the act. God, that, yeah, that is nailed. That he really is very uncharismatic. <laughs> it's all. It's well. I'll, I'll say this next thing, and then I'll kind of lean back into that. Well, I think that's part of his charm, though, that he's so incredibly uncharismatic. Exactly, that he almost right. loops around. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what James Hennessy writes here. He says oh. the production values are basically zero. The restauranteurs, in air quotes, and their in air quotes again staff are acting school dropouts, and the situations depicted are so unlikely as to be impossible. Mystery Diners is so fake that it loops back around to be re- to being real again, leading us to question our own reality rather than the show. However you decide to suspend your disbelief or not, it's excellent TV. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. He's, he's almost so blank he becomes alive, you know? Sure. Old Charles? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't got the quote here, but in the article, he does go on to say that Charles Stiles sort of presents himself in the show as a kind of Ronan warrior, just 
traveling around America, <laughs> finding restaurants if you need help. Oh my god. Which uh, is pretty good. Um, we've, we've watched three episodes for today's um, show. We'll get into them in, in great detail in a moment. Um, they're on SBS On Demand here in Australia, but they're I think on the Food Network over in the US and probably various other sources. For some reason, they've only got, was it season four, season 10 and 11 here in Australia yeah. at the moment? Why? I have no idea. What an odd choice. It's so bizarre. Um, but there might be some people out there who haven't seen the show. There is a general template. I'm going to run you through quickly. At the beginning, we introduced to the restaurant and the restaurant owner in a consultation phase. So there's a bit of a promo. The restauranteur says, hi, my name's whatever. Here's my restaurant. We, we do this. Our specialty is this. And where they're, where they're from, that sort of thing, kind of how long they've been doing it, all just sort of basic info. And then Charles comes in and he sort of, they get to the drama of the episode. They, they set up the concerns. You know, this has gone missing. People are complaining about this. Um, and then there's kind of like the mystery element is introduced, which I quite like. We're given suspects, generally, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And we're introduced to our private investigators as well. Yeah, so Charles, he sort of got, got contacts in every city. He works with these private eyes who are doing generally doing some background info, uh, background research beforehand. And then throughout the um, show, they might do some more stuff in the background, these private eyes. But he's also got the mystery diners of the title who will go in and go undercover, which is very exciting. <laughs> they go undercover in the next element of the show, the is, which is called the, the Sting. So Charles sets up a CCTV control room next door. He, he, he takes us through all the cameras and where they are. Also runs us through, generally, um, a 3D graphic sort of layout of the restaurant, <laughs> which yeah. is very basic, but, you know, it's fine. It it's works. Cool. It works. Gets us there. Um, and he sets up what the actual sting is for that operation. So it's like we've got, you know, we've got someone working the ca- at the cashier POS for service. We've got someone at the, in the back in the kitchen who's sort of looking around. <laughs> I love the fact that they've always set someone up who's been there for a few days. And we've got Kayleen who's been here training as a as a server for a few days. Um, <laughs> just like... Not, not just until that day. It's always like just they've been doing a lot, a lot of work here. I just love that idea. Yeah, okay. Um, then the sting sort of plays out and Charles gives um, directions through like, you know, through headphones to the people. Is like, hey, Kelly, go check out the back now or hey, go go check that customer. Classic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we should also mention that often the mystery diners have like secret cameras, like eye <laughs> cameras. Yeah, eye lenses, yeah. yeah. Or they've got something secret in their phone that they can turn on to get night vision or something like that. Just quality stuff. <laughs> then <What> fucking nonsense. <laughs> the sting will result in a confrontation where Charles has seen enough. He sends in the restaurant owner. They'll go pull out their, their dad employee or possibly the employee's friend if they've got someone working with them. They'll bring him into the CCTV control room and then fire them, basically. Yeah, shame them. Shame and shame. And mm. what I love about that is that there's always a couple of shots of the, the person who's been doing the wrongdoing walking in and looking at the, the setup. They just can't believe it, can they, Dylan? Well, could, would you believe it, Lonnie? Oh, the mystery diners, Charles Styles is here. No, that's it. <laughs> Oh no! They're done for. They know it's the jigs up, you know. I've been caught red-handed. Um, and so then there's some sort of resolution there. He, he, the restaurant owner often fires the person every now and then. They might give them a second chance, depending on what's been going on. We see both in our episodes today. But they get an absolutely massive reprimanding from oh, Charles totally. Thomas every yeah. time he goes off on them. He, he, it's like it's his his buddy. The worst thing you'd ever think of. Is someone being a bit naughty to their, at their job? He just cannot deal with it, can he? He can't stand that. No, he doesn't condone it. I'll give, I'll give him that. <laughs> Definitely does not. Um, and sometimes they they have like a little uh, interview with the person as, as they left. They're like, you know what? I hated that job anyway. 
or something like, you know, I don't know what we're going to do now. Um, but <laughs> they're out of there. And then there's a quick wrap up of, uh, you know, three months later or, you know, what's yeah, happening Where now? are they now? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Charles did it basically. Everything's fine now after there were issues. He's Yeah, all the problems it. have been solved forever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the show started around, I think it was 2012, 2011, um, ended in 2015. They had 15 seasons or something. Right? I think they had 12, 12 seasons or like. So they just really pumped them out. I mean, it just must have been nonstop. Yeah. Must have been any breaks. Yeah, just crazy stuff. And lots of episodes per season. I think over 100 in the end. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. I reckon we should jump into the episodes, Dylan. I Righto. I've listed them in discussion order as how I watched them. I don't know if I tell you watched them, but I think we should start with season eleven, episode six, comic book caper. Sure. Okay. Okay. We're in Action Burger in Brooklyn. Now it's a it's a burger shop, Dylan. But what's yep. its little quirk? What's its little point of difference? Well, it's burgers, but it's also comic books, Lonnie. Hey, I thought you might like that. I do. I think it's a cool idea for a restaurant, for sure. Yeah, and still going from what I can see online. Pretty cool. Okay, that's awesome. Um, it's it's like kind of fancy fast food, you might say. It's like burgers, but they're it's a bit mm. hectic, I would say. Um, sure. It's like massive burgers and lots of cheese and lots of bacon and... Oh um, my goodness. One he had was like waffles and beef and bacon and then like cream and <laughs> yeah he said Syrup. it was like it's yeah. lunch, lunch dinner and breakfast all in one oh, no dude no, no no one wants that no americans are pretty crazy with their food aren't they they can be i looked up the menu of this place because well skipping into the end he he says that he'll he'll name a burger after charles couldn't That's see it true. on the menu could not no, see it <laughs> another lie no maybe it was a special or something i don't know but um what did, I, what did I find on the menu? I don't need to put it down. Oh, no, here we go. Um, there is a crunchy Nutella burger with two deep-fried waffles. Nutella, obviously. It says burger. I think it means meat patty. Bacon and American <coughs> cheese. Wow. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> you were thinking about it, weren't you? You were like, maybe I could do it. but I mean, there's some weird combos out there, but I just think beef and chocolate. I wouldn't have thought so. Eh? No, no. You could maybe try a bite of it just to for the fun of it, but you couldn't have a whole thing. No. So our owner for this episode, um, he's he's running a comic books comic book themed uh, burger bar. Is he also maybe plugging his own comic books a bit too much, Dylan? I was going to say because <laughs> when he meets Charles, Charles is like, "Well, who's your favorite hero?" He's like, well, my favourite hero is actually Bologna. And he's like, who's that? He's like, well, she's a comic book character I created. And she's got 12 issues out right now and they sell for like $12.99. No, it doesn't go that far, but yeah. Come on. Yeah, you, you can't say that. You just, you say, what an arrogant answer. Yeah. And from what I can see, I don't think Bologna is that beloved, surely. <laughs> of course not. No one's out of it. <laughs> no. Um... He's worried that he's got some collectible items on display, comics, some fancy comics, you know, that are worth a bit of money and mm. other um, toys and figures and whatever. Um, mm. And they go missing, which is not good. Yeah, and then and then we get shots of them, which I don't know how they got a fair stolen. Yes. And they're also going on about how, how valuable they are. I think some of them worth like 75 bucks, which is, I mean, it's valuable for a comic book, but the way they're going on about it, it was like... Dealing with it's like rare. Action Comics number one, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Plus, you had them out on free display for reading. They can't be that valuable. Indeed, indeed. In um, a burger restaurant with food around, yeah, no good. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Have a little different no. section with with like a little library section. Yeah, there. like while you're waiting for your food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also worried about some some of these workers potentially getting a bit too. Um, animated in their conversations with customers. Well, the manager certainly goes off with someone about uh, who's the best Batman, doesn't he? He uh, sure does. So this is from 2015, this one. So 
I don't think Batman, like, Dawn of Justice is out yet. Um, no, probably Ben Affleck probably just got announced. Probably just cast. before. So they were, that was still a bit of a controversial topic back then. I think these days he's probably kind of well-respected Ben Affleck to a certain degree. I think everyone's kind of met in the middle and think he's good. He's that, fine. That's it. They'll... If they weren't convinced at the beginning, they'll run around. But if they were really into him at the beginning, they'd be like, oh, I'm not so sure anymore. But yeah, yeah, pretty much good. Um, what I liked about that conversation, that, that fight, that the the very obviously badly improv fight between <laughs> a customer <laughs> and this manager dude um, was when they started sort of getting a bit, a bit shady with each other. And the manager said, all right, don't fluff your feathers. <laughs> well, here's another thing. Is the restaurant owner said that they were mates, the customer and the manager, and then the manager tells him to fuck off and get out of the restaurant (laughs) (laughs) because he's like a regular customer, right? Yeah, 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 not odd. Well, because he said Ben Affleck might be pretty good. (laughs) I I mean, there probably are things you could complain about, and it just felt very contrived, didn't it? Yeah, and then uh, what's Charles Styles throwing at the end in a little bit of ADR? Michael Keaton was the best Batman. Everyone knows that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're wrong. <laughs> He's the best Batman. Uh, come on, mate. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, yeah. <laughs> Any real comic book nerd that yeah. works at that restaurant would know that. Definitely, definitely. Um, there's also a concern that the... I think it was the... Is it, I've got his name here somewhere. Keenan on the, on the till. Maybe been a bit sneaky, been a bit cheeky with the customers. But um, no, he's just just doing his job. Yeah, it turns out he's all right, and, and the guy there's something comes up, and he sort of resolves it in a professional manner, and I'm like, okay, that's that's all right. It's good to see. So that's all, as we went into the episode, that that's what we thought. Either the manager has maybe been a bit of a dick, maybe the guy behind the counter is is being a bit cheeky, maybe he's the one who's stealing and selling off the comics. Mm. No, Dylan. There's a mystery woman who comes into this story. <laughs> what happens? Well, what's she paid to do? Dress up as uh, as Bologna, as like kind of a mascot for the restaurant? In just the shittest costume I've ever seen. Yeah, so so the, the owner's hired this actor to dress up as, as his character. As you're saying, kind of for the restaurant and kind of like to have a fun experience for the customers, but also like to, to sell his comic book. And also in some sort of weird... you gotta, just got to say it's a bit freaky, Dylan, that... He's written this sexy character that he's paying someone to dress up as a character, right? Like, that's, that's odd. Bit creepy, you reckon? Your words, not mine, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everyone was hitting on her. And it, you know, the suit didn't leave much room to imagination. Let's put it that way. No, it's a skin-tight outfit. It's a bit creepy. You're totally right. So this Jessica woman, is there any... The costume is, is atrocious, really. It's just like... It's a, shit. You just make just like, like a silver bodysuit. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's a little bit of nothing done to it really. Just bad. It's really really bad. <laughs> if you ask me. Sorry. Um, and she's the real twist here. She's the one who's causing all the trouble. She's the villain. She's the villain. She's stealing the comic books to begin with and selling them off. She's also distracting the staff. And you know, Keenan turned out he was all right behind the counter, but he did sort of said a few creepy comments towards her. Something like, she's like, she's, I don't have any money or something. He's like, can you prove it? Like, and she makes her turn around and like show that she doesn't have any, anything to her. It's just very weird. And then like the guys are, people are waiting, lining up to get served. And she's like, let's just like put on a show basically. It's just. Yeah. They're just ogling her while customers are like walking out. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, not getting served. Not on. As, as Charles says, it's the power of the siren here. She's just really. And like. She's fine. I just no, she's fine, but she dressed up in a weird costume, you know? I just didn't get that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> she just gave away a comic for free, just a little boy, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um It is is strange though that she asks for free food and the guys give it to her. She probably should get a meal break, though, right? Like, it's her job to be there all day as eye candy. Um, excuse me, Lonnie. As we get explained at the end of the episode by the restaurant owner, Bologna is a biomechanical alien, and she does not need to eat. <laughs> so, 
Well, earlier he says that the worst part is that Jessica's eating a burger and Bologna is vegetarian. So I can't work out what's going on there, Dylan. <laughs> he doesn't even know his own character. No. Get your continuity right, mate. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, she's fine. She gets caught out eventually. She sells the comics that they've sort of put in as in, in for the sting straight away. Doesn't mm. even wait to do it. Just straight away. Yeah. Um. And then she gets kicked out and fired. The manager, what happens to him, Dylan? Um, I can't remember. Does anything of note happen? He gets a second chance. He basically... Oh, the manager, yeah, not the owner. I thought you were talking about the owner. Yeah, he does get a second chance, yeah. But he gets put on probation for three months. Three months probation. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, As she walks away, she says she's going to keep the costume for Halloween. Yeah, it's like a true villain. She's just <laughs> in her own mind. She doesn't think she did anything wrong. No, not at all. It's good on her. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, this is a, it's a classic episode, I thought, because you're given a few red herrings. Like You think the guy behind the counter is going to be weird, but he's not. The man just sort of plays out as you think it will, um, but then he gets a second chance. There's a bit of redemption there, and you've got a straight-up villain who just won't repent. And we can feel good about losing her job, you know? Yeah. 100% agreed. Was this the first one you watched? It was, actually. Yep. Was it a good introduction to... Oh, the I think so. Dollars? I think so. You can pretty much copy-paste this for every episode, I think. This is kind of a, a just a classic. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. A yeah. classic show of the formula. I agree. Yeah. So please get amongst this one. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, next, Dylan, I watched Season 10, Episode 9, History Mystery. Me too. There we, there we go. I So I, I saw what was available on the SBS On Demand site. I picked the comic one because you know, we like comics and superheroes and stuff. It would be a bit of fun. Easy pick. Everything else, I just sort of quickly read through the plot summary to see what looked fun. Mm. For this one, I saw that someone was running um, secret history history tours in a restaurant. I couldn't go past that. <laughs> okay, all right. Was uh, it worth it? It wasn't the best episode. I think right. it was the worst of the three, but it's still good. It was okay. Um, so we're in the old Vinings Inn in Atlanta, Georgia, or just outside Atlanta. Mm. Um, they sell traditional Southern food, but in a sort of what they're saying, best possible ingredients and prep. So it's kind of like Mm. it's Southern fried chicken, it's collard greens, it's grits, but in a kind of fancy place. So fancy. Fancily done. Fancily done. That's exactly right. Um, the real appeal of this place, Dylan, isn't the food, though, is it? It's the history. Yes. It dates back so, to the Civil War. 
Yeah, 1880s, I think he said. Yeah. yeah. There was a general store at one point, post office, filling station. Apparently, General Sherman was there when Atlanta burned. Um, the, the basic mystery or drama of this episode is that the owner is getting these calls from people asking about the Civil War mystery history tours. He's like, we don't do that. What's going on? So he rings up Charles, obviously. Yeah, Mr. Styles. Mr. He Styles. Comes. He comes in. Um, what's happening, Dylan? What, what is the what is the bloody counterfeit operation going on here? Well, apparently it's a couple of employees under his nose uh, using up whole rooms, might I add, <laughs> that the manager doesn't notice is being used. Um, and they do like historical dinners, like claiming that they're doing like authentic food from the Civil War times, and it's just like fucking deli meats <laughs> from the grocery store. <laughs> they claim it's um, possum at one point, which is just ridiculous. I mean, how can you pass off salami as possum? I don't know, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he also what's he pouring the wine? Is it just vinegar? Just vinegar, yeah, to make it <laughs> off. Yeah. And says it's wine from the Civil War times. They found it in a, in a sunken ship or something. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um. Not madness. Because, it is madness, and it is clearly something you couldn't do without everyone knowing, everyone else who works there knowing about. <laughs> um, complete, complete, may I say, Dylan, with some actual Civil War reenactors. In the basement, yes. Can we take a moment to just talk about this phenomenon? Okay, in what Why way? Civil War? Why are people always reenacting that? I don't know. It's an odd one. I guess it's easy to get historical accuracy in America because that's where all the battles took place. That's true. So yeah, it's 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 obviously within the country, so they can do it easily. Yeah. It, yeah. I guess it was a defining war and whatnot. I just you don't do it for other wars, do you? Really? No. Well, I mean, Americans a bit up themselves, I guess. So, <laughs> yes, so. their own war must have been the best one. <laughs> I suppose so, but I. I understand being like into it, but why reenact it like they do and they actually dress up in the outfits and it's just weird to me. Do the people who are actually in the war think this is going to happen, you know, 150 years later? No, you no know, way. Why would they? Yeah, no, no, it just, what, what would they think then? No, don't do this. We're actually here dying. Don't come and do it for fun on the weekend. That's a fun game. How dare you, Lonnie? Weird. Um, so the employee here is the issue. His name is Daryl, apparently, but with their accents, I thought they were calling him Daryl. <laughs> so that's okay. what I'll call him from now on. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Kendall as an undercover server. Um, everyone seems to like her, she's doing a good job, and she does some digging around her actual job of waiting tables that night. Mm. Um she asks some guys about the tours. She heard someone mention it. The first server is kind of like, oh, yeah, I think Daryl does that. And then they go to talk to She goes to talk to the head chef. And he's got nothing. He can, doesn't know anything about it. So no. those guys are fine. That's good. Okay. That's, that's two he down. was one of the suspects, the head chef. Yeah, because you think, how is this, this going to happen under his nose? Yeah. Daryl just lies. He's a liar, Dylan. Yeah, just straight up lies. Because <laughs> he brings in all the deli meats to the fridge. And then the chef's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's for all these guests. And, the, and then he's like, "Did the manager okay? And he's like, yeah. Right. I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're the head chef? You yeah. take people for their word. Totally, totally. You might check with the manager, I suppose. It's probably one thing I might oh, say. come on now. But busy no, not. Come but, on now. Yeah, I know, I know. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this episode, Dylan, every episode has this, but this episode seemed like every second bloody shot <laughs> that we saw was a shot of Charles and the owner looking at each other and shaking their heads in, in, in credulity. And the owner, and yeah, Charles reprimanding something that's happening and the owner going, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Over and over again. Totally, totally. Um, as you said, the the, the server, um, Daryl, has got a mate in who is supposedly a Civil War historian. Seems like he's pulling out of his butt most of it, hey? Yeah, what do you say? Lincoln used to take a shit at that place. That's what I've written that down here, Dylan. 
Of all things to lie about, why lie that Lincoln had a poo there? Well, it's so ridiculous and specific that it has to be true, right? I suppose so. If you if you say this is where Lincoln wrote the Emancipation Proclamation or whatever, yeah, I guess that's probably... Yeah, he'd, yeah, well, my question yeah, he'd be that. like, that's bullshit. And he's like, well, Lincoln actually uh, actually died for me. Really? Yeah, well, that does oh, sound a bit... Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel you. I feel you, actually. He also says that 20% of Confederates were Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I think just for the show, I mean, it's all just for the show, but just for one final nail in the coffin, he was like, yeah, actually the uh, the first shots of the Civil War actually took place here. They actually started here. That's one thing I think is pretty well known and clearly documented. Yeah. Gone too far with that one. Too, too far. It's clearly a, clearly a bald-faced lie. Yeah. Um, it's pretty funny when the reenactors turn up and they go to the wrong spot and so Daryl's going to run out and <laughs> take him to the basement. <laughs> You're gonna go downstairs, not through the restaurant. They'll they'll be on to us. Yeah, and then one of the reenactors says, "I'm not paid enough for this." Okay, mate, you're obviously getting paid a bit of money for this improv right now. Yeah, get out of it. Uh, so yeah, the the night must have been awful. Must have been totally terrible. You're getting a bit of salami, a bit of cracker, a bit of wine <laughs> with vinegar in it. <laughs> And then they take you down to a dirty basement, right? And there were two old guys there dressed up in Civil War um, clothes. Hmm. And he sets out that there's, you know, they're making their final plans there or something. They've got to work out what to do next. And so they, he's like, okay, we're going to, well, I'll set the scene. And now the reenactors is going to take us through what happened that night. The reenactors do not wait one second before they throw in some casual sexism, don't they? Well, there's accurate to the times, Lonnie. He's saying, one of them says, they're taking our women, even your wife. And the other guy says, well, they can take her. What? <laughs> Why include that detail? <laughs> it's being historically accurate, Lonnie. Do you think that was what they said? I think that was noted down in the no, history books? No, probably not. No, probably not. I just think if I have paid my 125 American dollars to do that night, and that's what I'm getting. No good. Yeah. No, not good. Not good at all. Uh, when this uh, episode ends and the confrontation, um, Daryl is caught out pretty badly. He can't really deny any of this, right? Um, and so the, the owner says, you know, why, why are you doing this? Why are you lying to me? He says, I wasn't trying to lie. I was trying to help you by lying and stealing your money and <laughs> using your premises. And the, here's the thing. He's, he's not even making a profit. Because when he's caught out, he's like, "But I'm, I'm in the hole. I've had to pay <laughs> Civil War actors, all this deli meat, the wine. How about this, mate? How about just do your job? Yeah, what's with all these shenanigans that you, it's not even making you money? Yeah, it's all it does is doing? causing you stress. <laughs> you're going behind, you're lying to everybody, you're doing two jobs at once, basically. Yeah, no good, hey? Not good yeah, and now you have no jobs. How you like yeah. that, Daryl? Yeah. Poor Daryl. Um, but luckily they sorted out, uh, Daryl was the bad egg here. Without him, the restaurant is back up and running with no trouble. I kind of think though, maybe it's not a bad idea having some tours there. It seemed like there was some history to the place. You know, maybe they could come to some sort of arrangement where they get a proper person in to do some history lectures and food and whatnot. Well, here's the thing. The, the... The actual scams that are being run, in these last two episodes anyway, they're not bad ideas. They're good ideas. I think so too. If they'd have just included the owner in on them, yeah. they'd be off to the races. Totally. Totally. Well, that takes us, Dylan, very nicely to Season 10, Episode 3, Young Blood. We're the best Hun episode. We're in Huntington Beach, California. One. Yeah, yeah. You think it's the best episode? Oh, no. I don't... Go back and forth between this and the comic book ones, but yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it. Harvey Steakhouse, famous for its flame-baked potato and ribeye with garlic mashed potato. Looks pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, who could turn down a good steak? It's a traditional um, steakhouse, as we mentioned, kind of fine dining with an older clientele. 
Exclusively so, it seems. Seems like it. People have been there, coming there, you know, every week for 40 years or so. Yeah. But, Dylan, but the owner has noticed a decline in older patrons. No. So, of course, Charles gets called in. What do we think is going on here, Dylan? What's happening to the older patrons? Well, we come to find out... Um, that there's some flyers going around town mm-hmm. of a steak and shake rave party every <laughs> the old, Sunday. The old Sunday night steak and shake night, the best night for a rave at a <laughs> fine dining steakhouse. Absolutely. No one has school Monday, no one has work Monday. What are you talking about? Well, Dylan, you and I record a podcast on Sundays, so you want to meet up after this, go to the steakhouse? Go to a well, rave. Mate, I, I do have Mondays off, so let's do it. <laughs> steak and shake is a, not a very good term. I don't like that term. Oh, no, I thought it was pretty good. So is the idea you have a steak and then you have a shake. Is that, is that how we're doing? Yeah, you eat a steak and then you shake your booty on the dance floor. All right, all right. Yeah. You're um, bored now. <laughs> so, yes, uh, we organise a sting for this restaurant um, to work out what's going on and... Just happens to be we organise this thing for this Sunday night, so he's pretty clever, Charles, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. Absolutely, it's not his, uh, not his first radio, mate. We've got uh, one of our undercover mystery diners, or mystery workers, I guess we could really say, is working there. She's been there for a few days. Everyone likes her. She's doing a good job. Um, and we talk about she's going to go see Kelly, who is one of the main servers there. <laughs> Harvey of Harvey Steakhouse talks Kelly up. He's like, she's one of our best. Everyone loves her. She's, you know, one of my best um, workers. Takes one second for Kelly to start shit talking. Projecting negativity. Now, you listen here. I agree with Kelly. <laughs> she's just simply stating facts, Lonnie. She's she's complaining about the older patrons not um, tipping enough, right? Yeah, she says they've tipped the same amount for 40 years. Yeah. That's an issue. It is an issue. I, I agree with you. And it's just funny whether they um they talked her up and then just took it tore her down straight away. <laughs> um so then something odd happens. A a guy in inexplicable tank talk waltzes in to <laughs> the restaurant, straight into the back office. And the owner's like, Why the no one's allowed in there except me and my employees. What is happening? It's the messiest office, isn't it? I got a bit didn't like looking That's at a it. Piece of honest. shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this element actually that they set this guy in there and he's doing something. I'm not sure what he's doing, but for for once in their life, they don't explain everything straight away. So it makes you think about it. Like, what did he do in there? What's going what, on? Why did he go in there? What yeah. was he doing on that laptop? And it comes back later on, which we'll get to. Um, the next character introduced to Dylan, he's got to be your favourite character of all time. If only he was here last week, we could have had him in our tough old men. If <laughs> only. Royale. Oh my goodness. Who is it? How? How the mystery diner. The reformed Hal. Oh, so we'd hope. <laughs> What's Hal's story? Well, basically, he was on an old episode of Mystery Diners, uh, and he was one of the employees that uh, got busted and got fired. So he was drinking on the job and um, pocketing money yeah. off tables. Yeah. Uh, naughty boy. Not on. He, he blamed um, that on his drinking problem, and he reckons he sorted that out. So Yeah, and so Charles Stiles is like, you know what? I'm giving him a second chance as a Mystery Diner. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I was questioning his reformity straight away when he walks in and he's going on about how it's his 75th birthday and he makes the, the front of house woman give him a kiss on the cheek. I knew you'd hate that. I knew you would. <laughs> it's not I mean, who would? No, it is creepy. It is creepy. I don't condone it. I just knew that would stick out to you. Like, oh, what he did like that. I could tell. <laughs> I'm glad you know me so well. I, I could feel your wits. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, no. If she offers, you know, or if you're, like, friends with her, even if you're having a hug and then you put the cheek out, you know? Yeah. Even then, I'm not into it, but I can see how it's happening. He leans over and, like, really forces it. 
Yeah, he's just like, right here. Play one right here yeah. on my cheek. You can tell why they hate the older customers. They're all fucking creeps. Ageist. <laughs> so, not a, he's not a bad undercover mole, though, is he? Well, I mean, he does well for a, for a bit. For a bit, you're right. So, he does what Charles um, tells him to. But I could well, just what? tell there was some tension there still between Charles and Al. True that, true that. Um, well, what's the what's the issue is that um, basically the rave, the steak and shake, mm-hmm. has been booked out on the deck, was it? So, yeah, on the patio, the deck sort of area. The patio, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that's where our, our gentleman in the tank top comes into it because the owner has these cameras on his phone or cameras in the, in the restaurant that he can check on his phone. But he hasn't seen anything weird, Dylan. What's going no, on? He hasn't, he hasn't seen anything. It's all... Uh... It's all normal every time he looks at the camera of the patio. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tanktop is some sort of tech genius, and he's put a different feed onto the cameras. Oh, it's of a different Sunday night. You wouldn't classic tell Classic maneuver. No, you couldn't. It was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't mind you, that. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, Lonnie. Wouldn't, unless you went there, which you can do because your restaurant, but, you know. Yeah, unless you're the owner of the restaurant and can actually hear the blasting rave. That's happening on the patio like all the customers did. Yeah. And if you're not there, yeah. you can just ask someone what's going on. No, no. I, I bet he he probably heard the music, heard everyone complaining. He's like, well, I'll check my phone, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. Everyone's peaceful. Everyone's fine. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Um, I should mention that the manager of this um, establishment, who's not the owner, but the manager on, on deck that night, is a total bloody snake, isn't he, Dylan? Absolutely. He's got every he single person devolved. involved. Yeah, absolutely. He's pretty much conned the whole staff into it. And um, one of the mystery diners that's working undercover as the waitress, she's only a couple of nights in, divulges the whole scheme to her straight away. Yeah. He doesn't even like just try and see if she's cool or anything first. He just like pretty much no. tells her, hey, I'm doing something a bit creepy back here and a bit naughty. You in? Yeah, you want 20 bucks? 20 bucks. <laughs> I know they're paid, like, their servers are paid, like, $3 an hour or something. And they oh, it's fucking tips. awful. Yeah. But still, I probably wouldn't risk my new job for 20 bucks. 20 US dollars on me. Oh, that's true. Still. Still. No. Not worth it. Okay. Um, so, the, the, the tension I noticed with Charles and Hal, part of that is because, obviously, Hal can't hear as well. And there is music going on, as you said, in the rave. But there's one point where Charles is trying to get Hal's attention to give him a direction. And Hal's in here. And Charles has to yell it into, <laughs> into his microphone. You could just tell he's like, oh my God, why do I hire this guy back? He's clearly no good. So then Hal goes up to the bar to complain about the music. What does he see, Dylan? He's, he sees a little, uh, a little leftover drink on the bar. Yeah. And we're all like, no, Hal, no. don't. Don't, Charles, don't regress Charles is like, oh ways. my God, I can't trust him anymore. Yeah, Charles like, oh my god, I can't believe I sent him to the bar. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He takes God knows I didn't. No, Lonnie, God knows I didn't want Hal to take that drink, but not not all people can be redeemed, it seems. Yeah. This is Charles who has, he's got, basically he's America's moral center, isn't he? You can't believe it. He's the only one we can trust is Charles yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. He looks so... He blames himself, really. He does. He's devastated. He really is. It gets worse, Dylan. It gets worse than that. <laughs> How? Clearly buzzed. Where's he end up? Uh, in the fucking rave. <laughs> he leaves his boring 75th birthday party behind. As you would. As you would, right? Can't blame him. No, not at all. Can't blame him at all. And he, he danced pretty well. I'll give him that. Yeah, for 75 years old, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And Charles, he looks so disappointed. He's like, I'm going to sort him out myself <laughs> later. Mm. Um, yeah, later, not near. We've got now, more pressing matters to deal with, Lonnie. There's an old customer who has just had enough. He's yeah. fed up. Yep. And he storms out of the restaurant. And what happens? Well, there are hoodlums. Who I assume were in the rave, like they're 
attracted by their music. Or yeah, they're, they're rave adjacent, yes. yes. <laughs> they're definitely, we can blame the rave on them being there or vice versa. Yes, 100%. And they start hassling the guy. They won't let him get into his car. They have an argument. The old guy keels over. Me. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Just was... contriving a fucking heart attack on reality television. Has uh, a heart attack. Um, good thing this is one time that night where they don't just offer someone a free meal to get out of it. They actually offer, you know, assistance by you know the ambulance comes along, um, puts him in the takes him to hospital. The confrontation happens. I don't think anyone survives this. There are no second chances apart from Hal. He no. gets a, a third chance if he. You know, really I, I question that decision that Charles Stiles made, but you know, we might see Hal again one day. Well, he was in one more episode, Dylan. They did come back, actually. Okay, he, he came back okay. one more time. Um, I didn't watch the episode, but what I did find was a change.org petition to bring Hal back. Even further. Another appearance. Yep. Um, they said his storyline was really compelling and <laughs> I guess it was. Who could argue that? Uh, it's a redemption only... arc, Lonnie. Exactly. And then, you know, redemption doesn't always happen in a straight line, does it? Sometimes it exactly. you go back and forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there were only five signatures on this petition. There were two comments. One said... Hal is GR8. Great. Okay, yeah. Another one just said Hal. Don't really understand that comment, but <laughs> it happened. Okay. Yeah. So there we go, Dylan. That's our three episodes. You ranking them you like Young Blood the most, reckon, or is it pretty pretty tight for for first? I think I like the first one better. Jessica's uh, of the villain of Jessica. Sure. She's a charismatic villain, Lonnie. She was, yeah. I feel like, yeah, the first episode was good and it had sort of all the elements, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. The second episode had a good villain, but he didn't have as much screen time in some sense. You know, he was sort of in the background pulling stuff off. Sure. It wasn't interesting. The third one was good in the sense of so much drama, so much happening. You know? There is. There they is. really threw everything at the wall for that episode. Are you worried about being in a, a secret camera show like this? I've never thought about that. Um, I mean, no. But, no. They'd have to get you to sign a waiver, so if it's really that bad, I'd just say, no, nah, I'm good. Blank my face out, thanks. Fair enough. It's a, it's a worry of mine, though, Dylan, sometimes. <laughs> Something happens, and you're like, okay, where are the cameras? What do I going to do here? Jesus. <laughs> uh, I looked up Charles Styles on Twitter. Mm. He hasn't tweeted since 2019. Ooh. But I did see something terribly okay. sad. There were people who were tweeting at him saying, Please, Charles Styles, can you wish me happy birthday? And he, he said happy birthday. No, that, that's fine. That's, that's all good. Yeah. Okay. But it's sad, isn't it? That, that he's wishing other people happy birthday? No, that somebody wants him to wish them happy birthday. Oh, I mean, maybe he's their hero. Charles Stiles? Hero. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you fight back with scepticism on that? I just think it's a bit sad. And I, I in some, one level, I like it. I don't mind it. You know, live your life. I think this show is pretty fun. There's just something about that element of fandom of like asking somebody to give you a happy birthday wish. Just don't like it. No good. <laughs> Radio, radio. Are you gonna watch more? <laughs> I mean maybe. Maybe uh if I've had a few beers one night. Okay. <laughs> might give it a go. It I think it's more of the sort of show that if it's on you watch it. Setting out to watch it maybe is a bit much. Yeah, I don't think it's one you would actively seek out, you know. Yeah. Well, that's been us for Mystery Diners. We've had a great time watching it and talking about it. We might come back sometime in the future, who knows? 
Who knows? Never say never, right? There might be some random season three gets up on. It's fierce on demand. We want to get amongst yeah. that. Yeah, we might get season seven. Season one might pop up. You Who never knows? know. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, recommend getting amongst Mystery Diners. From what I could see on SBS On Demand, some of these episodes were leaving quite soon, so they might not be on there yeah. by the time you get Three weeks, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? So we yeah. might, you know, once an episode goes up, it might not be there, but you know what? Every episode's good, so you get amongst those. Is Do we recommend other things to get amongst, Dylan? Is that the next segment uh, of the show? Absolutely. It's The whole segment's called Get Amongst It, Lonnie. Oh, that's, that's fortuitous, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and that's where the host of the episode recommends something that the other person and our listeners should get amongst. My turn today. For sure. I've been watching a little show called Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. You're sceptical. You left. Dylan's gone. <laughs> Goodbye. I can just see your background image, which is Hal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, convince me, Lonnie. So you watched the first season, did you not? Mm-hmm. Years ago. And you never watched it anymore? No. Thought it was boring. You thought the whole season was boring, did you? No. No. Oh, yeah. It feels it's like, come on. I don't know. For, for me, somehow, it's sort of transcended good and bad. It's become a show I really like, you know? And then I don't really mind if it's bad. And when it's good, I'm like, oh, this is really good. But then most of the time, I'm just, like, happy to be there with my friends. Who are the characters, you know? <laughs> What are you laughing at? The characters on this show are my friends. <laughs> the little kids <laughs> from Hawkins, Indiana are my friends. Never heard a sadder thing in my life. You think that's sadder than asking Charles Styles for a birthday <laughs> wish? <laughs> I think it's tired. I think, I think it's the same energy, Lonnie. Wow. Okay. We're not in the same wavelength as I thought we were, Dylan. Anyway, anyway tell us about your friends, mate. That's good. They're kind of older now. Um, they've all been a bit split up. Um, but of course, things happen. They need to come back together. Stranger things happen. If you, if you know what I mean. Um, it's good. You know, one thing I'll say about the previous seasons is that, like, it's horror. It's, it's influenced by the 80s and horror films and whatnot. But it was mainly the villains being monsters. And, of course, there are villains who are, like, you know, the government and whatever. But, like, yeah. the main villain they have to defeat is, like, a big monster. I don't find them as scary as, like, people in some ways, no. you know. No. It's like, well, a monster won't grab me from my bed because they're not real, you know. But if it's a human who's got a knife, that's going to be more scary to me. Um, this season does introduce a villain who is a monster but has a, a certain sense of intelligence in a sort of a humanoid um, right appearance okay. yeah yeah um and it's really good and there are lots of twists and turns um like there are some things maybe drag on a little bit and every episode I should mention is like an hour and 20 minutes long so <laughs> it did say that yeah. they're pretty pretty full-on it's it like a part-time job trying to get through them all you know a whole yeah. weekend gone um you know it's a little bit annoying that they're doing this season in volumes like there's two more episodes to go which i think the second of those episodes is like two hours long or two and a bit oh, hours. Like, God. So is this it? Is this the last season then? There's one more season after this. Oh my fucking God. I don't know. It's got to be so okay. much change of things out there. Sure. And like if any show has earned the right to sort of go a bit much for their later seasons, probably this one. Probably this one, Dylan. No, I don't think so. Why? Know, Why has it earned it, Lonnie? It's a show like any other. Because they're my friends. Okay. All right. Okay. No, good on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, don't. I wouldn't recommend going straight to season four. Go watch it all. Get amongst the whole season, seasons of Stranger Things. The whole series. Yeah. It's all on Netflix. That's where you can find it, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed. Recommend we can pirate it. it. I wonder if you can still buy it on like a on a DVD that was shaped like a VHS, like they used to have them, those sort of novelty ones. Good stuff. <laughs> Did Netflix even do, did they even release their originals on DVD and Blu-ray? Sometimes they, they have do. in the past. I don't know why you would. Like, I personally want that, but I don't know why you would, because it 
guarantees that people have to stay subscribed to watch that thing. Hmm. Maybe people who don't have Netflix, but there's few and far between these days, isn't there? People who want to get Netflix have got it by now. Yeah, for sure. Or they've leashed off someone else's account. Yeah, Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right, John, that's been us today. Um, Do we thank anyone? Do we thank any of the listeners? Do we have any socials or anything like that? Well, here's my thing. I want to thank the listeners. Okay. I want to thank Mark the Man for our theme song. Yep. He's a legend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to say that we are on the socials, the big three, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Sure. And I also want to say that I miss you, man. Until next time, I miss you, man, too. Beautiful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.